Today and welcome to another episode of Left After Breakfast coming to you from Melbourne, Australia broadcast from the studios of 3CR your only radio left my name is Susanna Duffy in this episode of Left After Breakfast I'll cover the rise and rise of racism which is now spread to New Zealand. More money being thrown on Facebook by the right-wing group Advance and your taxes at work in the church. Well, I don't want to go on about Barnaby Joyce, the beetrooter. It's a bit too silly, really, isn't it? I do wonder, however, seeing as Parliament rose at 10pm, and he reached the street and the now-famous planter box at 11.35pm. How did he get so drunk in an hour and a half? Or did he get a head start in Parliament? They should all submit to a breath test before being allowed to vote on anything. Vicky Campion, of course, said that Barnaby likes to self-flagellate. Ah, uh, that's not helping, Vicky. She then went on to fabricate, really, some random anecdotes about the times Barnaby has helped out drunks and strays on the streets of Canberra. Well, that's not helping either. All I can say is that Barnaby's very lucky that he wasn't forced onto a cashless welfare card. Imagine Peter Dutton... Taxpayer money should not be going towards people getting drunk. If he wants to live on taxpayer dollars, he needs to do so responsibly by having the government dictate every little purchase he makes. It's clear that these elites can't be trusted with their taxpayer money. They just blow it all away on booze and drugs. I say the end goal should be cutting them all off and making them get a real job. Just cut him off in the most embarrassing way possible and paint everyone like him with the exact same brush. It's the humane thing to do. In response, the current government, which is a Labour government, said they've abolished the cashless debit card system, as was their election promise. However, they will look into adding him to their broader income management programme. That expert seller says basically the same as the cashless debit card. In all seriousness, Barnaby's lucky that he's a white man. A white man in a good suit and tie, lying on the footpath. But anyway, that's enough of Barnaby the Beetrooter. Former Deputy Prime Minister, serial drunk career politician and family's man. And to think he and his mates ran this country for nine years. 3CR And more news of more money, big money, being thrown into Facebook by right-wing groups. 
The right-wing group Advance has begun Dunkley by-election attacks on the government with a fake news Facebook page. Now, this is a group behind the Voice to Parliament No campaign, and they're running thousands of dollars of negative social media ads against the federal government. Let me just remind you for a moment, very quickly, about Advance and who they are. Advance is partnered with Whitestone Strategic, the self-described Australia's Conservative Campaign Consultancy. Whitestone Strategic has worked with Fred Nile's Christian Democratic Party and the Australian Christian lobby head Lyle Shelton. Whitestone Strategic is also partnered with a US marketing and fundraising firm by the name of R.J. Dunham, which states as its aim to help Christian ministries fulfil their mission. This company has worked with a California megachurch and a Texas service which puts money into anti-choice for women campaigns. Now this US-based right-wing lobby group has turned its attention to the March the 2nd federal by-election in Dunkley. It's repurposed its fake neutral news social media account to run thousands of dollars of negative advertisements against the Albanese government. Since the end of January... Advance has paid for 20 targeted Facebook ads on its election news Facebook page. Keeping in mind, this election news was, until the 29th of January, referendum news, the well-known anti-voice Facebook page that posted and ran advertisements linking to news articles that were critical of the Voice to Parliament referendum and critical of the Yes campaign. Now, this page is categorised on Facebook services as a news and media website, despite being run by this conservative political group, and it features an authorisation that has the appearance of a neutral news page. So far this month, Advance has targeted advertisements at more than 251,000 Victorian Facebook and Instagram users at a cost of $6,500 each. These ads have been targeted specifically at Facebook users in Dunkley and are spread across demographics. These Facebook advertisements contain news sounding. It sounds like the news, you know, captions that sound like the news written by this group attacking the federal government. And they link out to mainstream media sources from, well, no prizes for guessing it's the Murdoch press. The most popular topics include cost of living issues, followed by attacks on Prime Minister Albanese's credibility over the tax changes and the old favourite crime, law and order. An advanced spokesperson said the group chose to repurpose the Facebook page 
because of its success during the voice referendum. He states, Now, with the crucial by-election imminent, we decided it is important to assist the mainstream media overcome its inability to reach mainstream Australia with its must-read reports about Albanese's cost-of-living crisis. So now, dear listener, the cost-of-living crisis is all down to Prime Minister Albanese. So says Advance. I'm hoping that the people who live in the electorate of Dunkley remember that their electorate is named after Louisa Margaret Dunkley. She was a union leader who founded the Victorian Women's Post and Telegraph Association in 1900 and campaigned tirelessly for equal pay for women. It's so hard, isn't it, when it comes to all this fake news, the misinformation, the deliberate disinformation, all those stories, and that's what they are, stories, on Sky. How can you tell people it's all fake? Start the beginning, the beginning, the beginning of time. There have been porky porkisons telling little porky pies, and there was no way to check back then if someone was a liar. Unless you thought they were a witch, then you chucked her on a fire. But now, before you trust a story is absolutely true, you gotta do your research, cause it could be fake news. Let's go back to the Battle of Kadesh in 1247 BC. The Egyptians versus the Hittites were both doing shifty make-believes. A heroic battle we won with the best each army came home to impart. When actually it ended in a stalemate, and that's as heroic as a wet fart. I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but if I heard it in the news, and a bloomin' love news, that must mean, what does it mean? That I think it is true, yes sirree. Before you believe that something is absolutely, positively, definitely bona fide truth, check your facts, ask your mum, ask a cat, because it could be fake news. This is a ball. No, it is not. It's a big red ball. That is a stone. And it's very bouncy. Good luck with that. Got your attention though, didn't it? The great Greek writer Herodotus loved to talk out of his pants. He said there's flying snakes in Arabia and gold mines full of giant ants. And did you know Egyptians shave their eyebrows to grieve when the cats are dead? That doesn't sound true at all. Who knows, but that's what Herodotus said. And people believed him, people believed him. Cause how would they know? They didn't have Google. When your pussycat dies. Goodbye kitty. Your eyebrows gotta go. Bye bye brows. Before you believe that something is absolutely, positively, definitely bona fide truth. Check the source. Ask your dad. Ask a horse. Cause it could be fake news. This is a shoe. That is a mop. It's a big old shoe. No it is not. It's a size four. Looks like a three. You're wrong. I do believe. I do believe. Everything that I read. And hear and see. Must be real. Must be real. No doubt in me. No doubt no sir. Is it true? Is it true? Do I care? Not at all. As long as it gets. What's it gonna get? A million shares. 
deep in the shallow depths of the internet's dirty undergarments There's people just like you and me spreading news to cause alarmment And it looks like news and it smells like news but look deeper and you'll understand her That it has no basis in fact at all, it's just a lot of propaganda And the problem isn't going to end when it comes from the top When a president loves a little porky pie and it looks like he won't stop This is the largest audience ever to witness an inauguration Call this man a dressmaker cause he's a master of fabrication Fake news spread speedier when shared on social media Online stuff can be a mess, it's rats dressed up in their Sunday best Consider information carefully to improve your news literacy But share this video as much as you like You can trust us, we never lie, we never lie, we never lie, we never lie this is a ham. Yes it is. And it came from a pig. Well done you. And that piggy had wings. No. And that pig was a cow. So don't believe. So don't believe. Everything that you read. A lot of it is garbage. There's Facebook fables. And media flimflam. And wham bam bam, that's a fake new sham. Before you trust something is absolutely positively, definitely bona fide truth. Check the author. Ask a pig. Ask your daughter. Cause it could be fake news. Would anybody like this shoe? That's a mop. Tricia needs members to survive. By becoming a subscriber, you're helping us to remain fiercely independent and free of commercials and corporate influence. Are you a paid up subscriber? It's just $40 concession, $80 waged, $150 for a band or organisation and $300 solidarity. Great value for 24-7 community owned and community controlled media. Please become a subscriber member today. Call the station on 03-9419-8377 or sign up online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. It was Waitangi Day in New Zealand on the 6th of February to mark the anniversary of the signing of the Treaty of Waitangi in 1840. Just very briefly, the Treaty of Waitangi is the founding document of New Zealand. It's an agreement entered into by representatives of the British Crown and of the Maori tribes and sub-tribes. It's named after the place in the Bay of Islands where the treaty was first signed. It wasn't drafted as a constitution or a statute, it was a broad statement of principles upon which the British officials and the Maori chiefs made a political compact or covenant to found a nation-state and build a government to deal with pressing new circumstances. Like many treaties, it's an exchange of promises between the parties to it. And now it's under threat. Yes, under threat from right-wing forces. Under threat from racism, the contagious racism that's sweeping our world. Following on from the defeat of the voice to Parliament here in Australia, New Zealand's Prime Minister, Christopher Luxon, is running a scorch and burn agenda that's responsible for the worst decline in race relations in New Zealand since the early stages of colonisation. And he's managed this after just two months in office. This is coming up everywhere, listener. 
all over. Racists are emboldened by the defeat of the voice to Parliament. They're not just crawling out of the woodwork, they're leaping out with sabres drawn. Just like the ones here in Victoria. Here's just one more example. The Nationals leader Peter Walsh and property developers who are linking heritage laws and the rising cost of housing. The reason no one can afford to buy a house is because of the traditional onus. They claim that the state government has awarded the land councils unfettered power. Unfettered power indeed. We have to call these people out for what they are. Money-grubbing racists. Once again emboldened by the failure of the voice to Parliament. 3CR And as for the taxation changes, listener, it's a carefully thought-out economic and political strategy that gives more people a tax cut. But while we're thinking about taxes, have a think about this. What about the churches? They don't pay tax. What do you reckon they make every year? How much money do the combined churches in Australia make in one year? Well, it's a big truckload of cash, listener. Between 35 billion and 40 billion every year. And their wealth grows every year. That's a pretty amazing amount of money. And if you're astounded by this figure, well, I certainly am too. The average Australian thinks most or all churches are close to broke. That's a misconception, an all too common misconception. You just don't stop to think about the extent of all the real estate and financial investments held by traditional religious institutions in Australia. The Catholic Church rakes in somewhere about 20 billion each year. I'm talking billion, listener, not million. The total wealth of the Sydney Catholic Archdiocese alone is 1.3 billion. The Sydney Anglican Church owns half of Glebe. All of the best foreshore on Port Hacking and a swag of prime Sydney real estate. These religions don't make money from the Sunday collection plate anymore. That's just small change. These carefully managed institutions are earning significant interest from investments gleaned from the estates of the faithful dying who left their wealth to the church. Churches are landlords and investment managers and everything they make is tax-free. Church income is earned and received absolutely free of tax, thanks to an old law we inherited from the English. You see, the pursuit of religion was always considered a charitable purpose and therefore exempt from tax. Today we have the Charities Act, which deems religion to be a charitable purpose and therefore tax exempt. Churches don't have to prove that religion is for the public benefit. We're just supposed to accept it. And because of this, between 35 billion 
and 40 billion of church money goes untaxed each and every year. Just imagine what we could do with a tax from that much money. Yep, so this means Australia is missing out on about $10 billion a year from those unpaid taxes from the churches. That's not just corporate tax, but income tax, GST, payroll tax, council rates, land tax, state government taxes and local council taxes. Churches are run as corporations with investments in real estate, private hospitals, preschools, aged care facilities, insurance companies and private commercial enterprise. Just consider sanitarium. That's owned by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You know them, the Seventh-day Adventists. The people who knock on your front door. Sanitarium makes about a billion dollars a year in profit, yet pays no taxes. It's a church. Now, Wheatbix doesn't really pass the pub test. Churches such as Hillsong and the Church of Scientology are clearly money-making ventures, and they operate more as entertainment organisations than churches. But they still pay no taxes. Gone are the days when the parish church was the centre of the community and local priests lived frugal lifestyles. More and more people are moving away from the churches and it no longer serves the purpose it once did. Instead, it operates as a giant money-making venture and on a global scale. It's a multinational corporation. Millions of dollars are spent on defending employees from criminal charges to protect the church's reputation. Not only do they enjoy a tax-free status, but governments give churches hundreds of millions a year in handouts. The same governments which cut back on social security payments and other government programs which would help the marginalised and the struggling. And don't forget the thousands of priests who received JobKeeper payments. And just keep this in mind, listener. At the last census, 47%, that's fewer than half of Australians, identified as religious. In 1971, it was 85.6%. All I can say is, the massively excessive wealth of religious organisations is as big a scandal as their pedophilia and needs to be completely exposed. Their wealth is not God-given. Religious organisations are tax-exempt and are subsidised by us. They pay no tax on their incomes and tithes, donations, requests, investments and trade. I call it legal corruption. The use of public money, taxation, for a private purpose, religion. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the ride. See you next week. Same time, same place. Until then, it's cheerio and ciao from Left After Breakfast. And I leave you with an uplifting little bit of music to remind you of where your tax dollars go.